hearts become bigger than what they are because of the taboo. Give me your goldfish, motherfucker. I am Jordan. I am Mason, and this is episode one of our show. So thank you guys for logging on. <laughs> sure. Uh, this is episode one. We're talking about Swiss Army Man. Uh, we've got maybe a couple things we'll go over housekeeping-wise before we get into it. Uh, one is we've got an email, which is mythologosshow at gmail.com. Mm, not we have received our first email. Oh. I don't know if you saw that. That's news to me. <laughs> it was actually, it's kind of funny because it was the my co-host from my last podcast. <laughs> Betrayal. <laughs> he just uh, wished us well on our endeavors. Nice try. The passing of the torch. Oh. Um, and then we've also got, uh, we're on social media. We're on TikTok, Instagram. Those are both at Mythologos Show. And here on YouTube, if you're watching it here, we're also on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, however you want to do it. The meta. We actually did, we recorded an episode already, even though this is episode one. It's called Meet the Story Boys. The more stories I engage myself with, the more I understand people that aren't like me. Which is, it's kind of funny because we recorded that episode and like, that wasn't. We, didn't we never even mentioned it. And <laughs> talk, it was a, is a sexy little foreshadowing. True, that we weren't even aware of. Because Kim, actually, my wife named us named us that after True. we recorded the episode. True. Just because we were trying to figure out something to title it. So that's now our official. Yeah. That's who we are, the Story Boys. Um. So yeah, that's uh. I think that's all we got in terms of housekeeping. We can go ahead and. Talk about a movie that we've re we've rewatched it. I've now watched it twice. Yeah. So, but you've watched it a, a lot, lot more than that. So you're probably gonna have much more, a lot more insightful analysis. I think when I watched it the first like six times, <laughs> it was all like in a pretty in a pretty like close span of time. Yeah. Because it was just like a movie that I was like, this is a movie I was super into. And mm-hmm. I would kind of show it to people if I thought they could handle it. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think uh, Rotten Tomatoes can give us a good description in case you guys haven't seen it and are just wondering what it is. Mm-hmm. So I'll read that. It says, being stranded on a deserted island leaves young Hank, played by Paul Dano, who is in the new Batman movie, which we're about to see after this. Uh, leaves young Hank bored, lonely, and without hope. As a rope hangs around his neck, Hank prepares to end it all until he suddenly spots a man, Daniel Radcliffe, laying by the shore. Unfortunately, he is dead and quite flatulent. True. Using the gassy body to his advantage, Hank miraculously makes it back to the mainland. However, he now finds himself lost in the wilderness and dragging the talking corpse named Manny along for the ride. Uh... So that's I feel like that's a pretty good description because it it gives you like the whole setup and everything but it's also like 
It lets you know how ridiculous <laughs> you, this thing is that you're about to get into. True. Um, but another couple things that I just think are interesting about like the behind the scenes is this is I think this was like the first like feature film for the directors. Oh. So in the beginning it says a film by Daniels. Right. Because the two guys are named Dan, Daniel, Ooh. Daniel Scheinart and Dan Kwan. Whoa. Um that must have been a, a special experience. But I think before we get into the plot, like there are a couple more like craft things Ooh. that uh <laughs> bring it back. There's a couple craft things that I think are make this movie unique because I've never seen these things before in a movie. And do we want to maybe just do a quick reiter- like reiteration of like what we're trying to do in terms of looking at yeah. these different media? Because we don't want this to just be like a synopsis yeah. review or anything like that. We want it to be a lot of things, but we hope that it can be something to where we're able to share our thoughts about why we love it mm-hmm. and why we think it's worthy of being loved. But then like also what it's meant to us in our like unique walks of life, like not yeah. just like a, and then from all that convincing, hopefully you, the audience and the listeners to that, you should experience it too. Cause it's worthwhile for right. your life. So, yeah. And I think like I mentioned in episode zero, um, for me, like the craft element of things usually is like the barrier. I forget what the term is, like the barrier to entrance or whatever, where it's like yeah, the threshold. It's basically, yeah. Like if something isn't well-crafted, then I'm not going to be as interested or engaged in the story, like yeah. off the bat. And so this movie is definitely, I think there are some things that you can tell, like it's low budget, I guess. Right. Um, but they do some things that are just really creative yeah. on a level I haven't really seen before. And one of them is the way that the score mm-hmm. kind of interpolates with the scene. Because there's a few moments where, like, the characters, like, one of my favorite moments is when Manny, Daniel Radcliffe's character, is like, uh, I'm singing so you don't overthink things. He's like, but then, like, the score, like, takes over, like, Manny's, like, little... Mm-hmm chance there it's like breaking the fourth wall but with a score right and i think it that's just kind of unique it also is unique because you might not recognize it at first but the score is entirely vocals yeah and like so there's no there's no instruments and i think that's like intentional because i feel like a lot of what's happening in this movie is like making you question what is really happening yeah yeah i think in this movie, the score is more of like another character, yeah, which is yeah pretty cool. It almost takes on the yeah, like you mentioned, the interplay of because throughout the whole film, I guess this is a spoiler, so you Here we go. listener discussion advice. But like one of the at least plot point ideas of the whole movie is like is manny actually alive yeah or is he dead and is hank just imagining it uh-huh. is it a you know is it because of his pain of being alone or is it his pain of being isolated and trying to find home and that's like a 
kind of like a Tom Hanks, Wilson castaway yeah. kind of thing? Right. Or is there, I mean, this is a pretty out there movie. Literally, he escapes this stranded island with a, <laughs> getting on Daniel Radcliffe and using him as a boat from yeah. his farts. Fart propellers. So, like, <laughs> pretty much. And so, like, any movie that, like, starts with that. Yeah. You know, you have it, it 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 breaks away kind of these barriers of like okay, what's real, what isn't? Like yeah. what do I have to allow to be something? But in terms of the score, I feel like yeah, you don't really realize that it's all f- voices and just a cappella or whatever if right. until you kind of like go and listen to the score. Or at least I didn't really catch that. Um the other thing that I thought is unique craft-wise to this movie is like a lot of the sets that they built because there's a lot there's a mm-hmm. few different sequences a lot of what's happening in this movie is that hank is teaching manny like how to live because yeah, he's like his life or living he's like a dead guy that seems to have forgotten like what it means to yeah. live and stuff so hank will like build like sets uh like with just like trash and random rubble and Which like is an interesting like idea too yeah and it kind of shows he's just showing him like this is like here's Jurassic Park like here's all these things that you you've missed out on but like they're, they're always like happening in montages too so it's really fast but mm-hmm. there's so much detail in those like yeah. sets that he makes up that yeah. it's it it's something that is like worthy of shouting out I guess yeah for me the way I boiled it down into a single sentence sentence is it's a slightly surreal coming of age movie for weirdos. So, and I think we've already hinted that like there's some weird things that happen. Like yes. there's fart propellers and yes. moving boner compasses is another one. Like <laughs> because our, we got to talk about that. <laughs> which is like even for me, like someone who like doesn't get offended or like thrown off by things that I see really in film. Mm. When the first time I saw that, like his boner the was like robot <laughs> dick. That was like a oh, like, of its own. I didn't, I guess I just didn't expect to see something like that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ever. I don't know life. whatever kind of situation would prepare you for that. Right. But I think that, that those like weird things like that happen in the movie and it goes it seems that like you could complain that it's like gratuitous or be like it's it's like not really adding anything like it's just being weird or outrageous for the sake of that but i think this movie is all about like taboos Mm -hmm. and it has to like have some visual things that are like kind of taboos to kind of serve that because Mm. The movie is really like just interested in exploring why things are taboos and like what yeah. it, what happens as a result of that. Yeah, and you, we we can talk about taboos, which we're going to do. But I think when you see something that offends you, that's mm-hmm. like another level. Because like yeah. I think that's what this movie is doing. It's like you got to see the boner compass <laughs> if you really want to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Another way to describe this movie is like this is a movie about farts. Oh, because tell them why. 
<laughs> like the first 20 minutes is like that's probably the most farts I've ever heard in any <laughs> ever capacity. Ever. But it's pretty hilarious. I mean, for me, I just think farts are always funny. Like you mentioned it when we were talking about the movie. Like that's the one thing that like I'll always laugh at, no matter what the context is. At a funeral, just like <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst time. But that does that's funny because that does tie into the whole taboo idea. Yeah. Because a lot of the scene, like most of the scenes in this movie are basically, like we said, like Hank teaching Manny about life. Right. But usually it's like Hank will be like, you know, I guess one, like an example is they talk about masturbation and like Hank just kind of describes it in like a point blank manner. Right. And then Manny's like, well, that sounds good. Like, wouldn't, yeah. why wouldn't you do that all the time? Right. Because he doesn't get it. And, then Hank kind of has to insert like the social aspect of like why you wouldn't masturbate all the time or like right. why people in general don't talk about stuff like that. Right. And so it's just a, it's kind of a cycle that repeats where Hank teaches Manny something. Then he like gives him like the social cue as to why mm-hmm. just because I'm telling you now doesn't mean like don't talk about it and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, that's kind of the core of the movie, I think, is like, like through teaching Manny, like we also get to examine why taboos are the way they are. Yeah. That's something, and I think that's what this movie is saying a lot too, is like a lot of the taboos we place on these things, like farting, like that's something literally like everyone does. Right. And there's no like. Except for my mom, she doesn't fart. True. Mom's never to, farted. to her. <laughs> <laughs> she had to live no, with she had to live with three boys so right. rest in peace the nose but like my mom's it, it's just <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> that we do that like like in a way farts become bigger than what they are because of the taboo you know what i mean sorry that's a funny <laughs> sense true we'll use that as our snippet i'm visualizing a fart becoming just bigger <laughs> after the fact like <laughs> Don't look at it. It's getting It's bigger. like the nutty professor, if you've ever seen that, <laughs> yeah. where he like blows up the whole town. Right. Like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like on the like metaphorical level, that's I think that's true just because like yeah, like we make it like don't don't ever fart around someone. Or even like there's certain people that I will fart around. And it's like, that's like a level of, I guess, comfort or, yeah, I don't know, like, it just shows that you, those two people, like, have at least agreed to not be bound by this social taboo or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't, sorry, I, I, you, I agree with Are you. you of all the it's times just, you farted? No, I'm just thinking about, like, around me, like, I'm <laughs> just imagining two friends and they, like, fart and then the other one farts and they're like, all right, if you could just sign this agreement that we've like established <laughs> yeah. this part of our friendship now or whatever. But that's the like, that's the a big part of it is like the fart agreement. We never have those agree like we never write or say maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> but instead, a farting pact. All of the <laughs> you have to fart and sign. You have to fart on the pen. <laughs> quick, quick, quick! It's still there. But all of those things like the social contract nobody's gonna watch our show anymore (laughs) (laughs) 
It's over. <laughs> no, keep going. Though. I'll, like the social contract is like implied. I guess is yeah. the main thing. Right. And it's like learned just in the same way Manny learns it from like you could say like it's a parent to child relationship. Right. right. It's like it's like an adult do child. You know. Yeah. Like I remember this. This is a random thing, but I'm remembering the first time that I cussed. Ooh. And I heard it on the playground, and then was I, it shoot? No, is it darn? I heard it on the playground in like kindergarten, and I like kindergarten. Yeah, what they say? Well, I knew. I just knew that it was like you know how you can tell like something is wrong or bad when you're sure. growing up, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you don't know why. Yeah, yeah. So I went home and I asked my mom, like, Mom, what is fuck me? Wow, kindergarten is. And I, what, <laughs> what caused the kindergarten to say they? It might have been like, like an older kid on the playground. A but. Give me your goldfish, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> and then I knew my innocence mom? was lost. Why is it a mom? But I remember my mom reacting like not great. <laughs> like she was. I don't remember exactly what happened. What is the fuck? <laughs> But she was not happy about it. And I think, like, that's another example of, like, the reaction ends up being, like, what you learn. Mm. So yeah. her, her being, like, point. her being, like, upset with me that I even mentioned the word. Yeah. Then I was like, okay, I'm never going to mm. even, like, think that word anymore. Mm. Mm. And, like, I think that's the problem with taboos is, like, they there's we can maybe get into like how they're useful but they also will hinder you in some way because you can't learn as much about things or like whatever like you're not as open towards people and Mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah i think well first off i think we were happy to choose this movie as our first episode as episode one because we really wanted the heart of this show to be a place where we can not only for me and you, but a place for our audience and our listeners to like know that we are comfortable talking about things that are maybe uncomfortable to talk about. And this show is going to be talking about probably a lot of things that maybe are taboos or uh-huh. are some things that most people maybe wouldn't necessarily bring up in most conversations not because they're just like maybe not into it or hadn't seen that show or played that game or whatever, but because of this idea that we're talking about right now, it's like, you're not supposed to talk about those things or you're not supposed to talk about masturbation with your friend at right. a table. <laughs> I mean, maybe you are, I don't on, know. I, but, camera. Oh, but um, like, and like you mentioned, this isn't just a, out there crazy talk about stuff that are taboos or that you shouldn't talk about for the sake of being edgy or like right ha gotcha like oh look at our like a wow factor but for the purpose of like this movie is trying to say like better life can be had by talking about and through these things and observing why we observe these things a certain way for the sake of hopefully better relationships yeah. and better treatment of one another and better treatment of ourselves, really. And I think that is what it comes down to because that's like throughout the movie, you learn more about Hank and like what he's gone through. Yeah. And 
part of why I said it's like a coming of age movie for weirdos is because it's like he you can you can tell that like the reason why he's in that position of like being like lost in the woods and like suicidal like is because he's been kind of treated poorly by the people around him like his dad and outcasted yeah unintentionally and intentionally right and i think that's in my own life like and that was something we kind of argued about with with uh kim was like what the movie is trying to say about taboos Mm. because i i kind of feel like the movie based on the ending which we'll get to is saying that like taboos like they're all they should all be questioned or like based yeah like basically that but kim was saying more like tap the movie has like shows that there are consequences to Mm. like breaking the taboos Mm. and like stepping outside of that and i feel like in my life when i've stepped outside of taboos and outside of meaning like you just will do it or like you'll talk about it or yeah like the I feel like there's a lot of conversations and stuff that I have where there's like, you can tell we can get into something like deeper or more yeah. taboo, like I guess. Yeah. And everyone like, there's like some kind of like tension there, but mm. like people don't really want to do that. Mm. And I think that's like, cause of vulnerability mm. usually, or like, it's just a hard conversation or something. Yeah. But it seems to me like when you go to those places, yeah, it's usually for the better. Like things work out better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of what deepened our friendship. And I think yeah. brought our friendship to where it is. Because, you know, we just knew each other in passing in, in college. And at least when we first kind of like knew each other, then we had that we (laughs) this is kind of probably relevant to this idea like we had a that conducting class yeah oh that's a good (laughs) so we each had a conducting class for our we were both music majors Mm -hmm. and we part of our program you had to take like this conducting which i don't really know why (laughs) for my program at least but that's a whole other thing yeah so we're in this conducting class and though for if you know you know most likely who this professor is but for the sake of kindness and just since we didn't ask this person i will not say the person's name the professor it's good i probably would have so i'm glad you're telling this story i got got you so professor did you get that so we were in this conducting class, and it was good, but it, it there was times when it was a more, like, learning about conducting was more like learning how to lead people, which I think is, a, is like, yeah. a part of that for sure. And so there was one, throughout the whole class, our professor was like, oh, one of these days we're going to get to just, we'll skip class, yeah. and we'll all go to a Starbucks nearby, and we'll just shoot the breeze and we can have some like just relaxing kind of conversation and Uh you can ask me whatever you want. I mean, he, he set us up because he said like, I want you guys to like be free and open and talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about with me right now. Yeah. 
And it was kind of funny because, like, at first people were like, oh, so, like, when you're conducting, like... Yeah, so we went to Starbucks. Yeah. And we're all sitting there and people are just like, it's that weird... Speaking of taboos, yeah. it's that weird, like, professor-student still context, even though we're at a Starbucks, you know, and it's like, oh, I I should still ask conducting-related questions. I think yeah. that was part of it, but I think also they... People were just, just wanting yeah. to know, I guess. But <laughs> but then you kind of brought something up and I mean give I the context of like he you used to tell stories about certain things of yeah. this. I, I mean I didn't think it was gonna go to where it went when I asked the question. Yeah. But he he would just mention in class like how he would cuss or something if and he like he wasn't really allowed to go Yeah, up. like or, well, in class, he would say, like, I'm thinking of a word I could say, like, kind of being funny. But I just asked him, like, honestly, like, what his position on, like, cussing is, I guess. Yeah. And so he, like, explained it. And it was a pretty, like, nuanced position, I think. And it made sense to me. But then at the very end, he was just basically like, but, you know, my favorite word to say is fuck. fuck. It was something along those lines. It was the- like... It was like, do you have, you either asked him what, like, do you have a favorite one or something? Yeah. And he was like thinking about it. And then he was like, but fuck, fuck. is uh, one of the, and you're like, ah. It was, <laughs> I think in relation to like what we're talking about now, I remember it being interesting because you, we were all gathered around the table and like, yeah, my mind, I instantly just went to like observing everyone. <laughs> And like different people had different reactions. Yeah, some people. Yeah, some, some people, people were like. Ooh. Most of the people were like. I think yeah, people were uncomfortable. I was laughing. <laughs> it was a funny moment. That kind of segues us into the ending of the movie because it's kind of similar where basically this is, well, this is going to be spoiler because we're talking about the ending. But um, the way the movie ends is like Hank and Manny make it back to civilization and then uh, they everyone that's there, like Hank, Manny has stopped acting like he's alive. Yeah. He's just like a corpse again. Which, again, you don't really know. Which right. gets the idea of like, was he ever alive? Was that just yeah. Hank's imagination? And so like, the news and neighbors and Hank's dad show up and like they're interviewing him as like this man that like survived the woods. Yeah. And like Hank is saying like, man, he saved his life. And everyone's like, this guy's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. And then Hank like freaks out a bit and like tries to take Manny away from the coroner's. And then, like, he takes him, and it's like a bit of an adventure, <laughs> riding down hills and stuff. And then they're at like the beach. And then, what? Why I said it was similar to our story was like, uh, the way it ends is basically mm. like the climax of the movie is Hank finally farting, in my opinion. Which and why is that important? Because he, I mean, he's talked about, like, how he wouldn't fart in front of anyone. He wouldn't fart in front of Manny, even. Yeah. And that was, like, a big argument between them. And that, like, represented, like, his whole... It it was a metaphor of, like, him holding in all of the pain and, like, discomfort that 
he had within him but never felt he could actually like ever let go of yeah and because like, of how people would respond and so and we get to see that response like a bunch yeah. of people there's a bunch of people around him and some people are like dude what's your problem <laughs> and then like the little girl kind of laughs because it's a it's a fart it's funny <laughs> like people have all these different reactions uh but then the movie ends with manny actually farting into the sunset and like he takes off and like people are stunned by what's happening and so i was just curious what you thought what you think that means like does that mean that manny was real like i think that's what people would wonder at the end of the movie whether manny was alive or not okay getting to the theology part how about that (laughs) it's almost kind of like uh after in I think it's mark when the two are on the road to emmaus and this man like finds them and is like talking to them and walking with them and asking them about everything that's happened recently and they're like uh do you not know like this man jesus who many claimed to be the messiah and like uh-huh. was killed and like it was heartbreaking and like a all of his followers have now had to scatter and are afraid that they're going to be next and like this whole thing. And they're telling him the whole thing. And like Jesus plays dumb, you yeah. know, and he's like, Oh, well, I did tell me about it. Like, wow, well, I don't know what's going on, you know? And in some ways I feel like you could maybe make a case that Manny, I don't think I wouldn't go as far as that Manny is like this God figure. And he knew that he was trying to help, hank all along kind of thing yeah but in some ways you can i feel like it kind of it kind of fits that role in terms of manny's trying to figure out life for himself and so he plays dumb whether he's alive or not uh, you know yeah. if, if, if you're getting me yeah but it's like it was more for the love and help and growth of hank really mm. so i feel like that idea can support both ways of like and I think it makes an, it takes the ending and allows it to make sense in that context. Cause it's like, if you believe that Manny was never alive actually, and that it was just Hank's mind yeah. creating him, then Hank, which I think both ways of interpreting that he was alive and interpreting that he never was alive, I think you can get meaningful results out of both. Yeah. But in terms of if you believe that he was never alive and it was just like an imaginary thing, like Wilson and Hank, Tom Hanks's character and everything castaway type thing. It then gives you the idea of a deeper maybe meaning of the title of the film because mm-hmm. yeah, there was the practical things that Manny this body allowed him to do to get back to civilization across the ocean and cut wood and like make fire and like all the stuff. Yeah. But it also was a tool that helped him heal himself mm-hmm. and find himself and accept himself that was like the final tool yeah it was like a spiritual ethereal tool in terms of that right but if you believe that manny was alive or at least partially like it also enables you to think that at least at the ending like manny knew that maybe the world would never accept him fully but he knew that like he was able to help hank be free Mm -hmm. and like now go find love like go go now live life 
in this new light. And I think we were we were kind of talking about that when we were going over the movie was like, I wonder if Hank changed. Yeah. After, after that. that. Mm-hmm. Because if you watch the end, they were getting ready to arrest him because they thought he was like a psycho making yeah. all they found all the stuff that he made in the woods and these elaborate things with made out of trash with a dead man mm-hmm. and like if you heard that some guy in the woods was hanging out with a dead man and creating right. sets and all this stuff and dressing it up and loving it you would think they're psycho and right. maybe need to be hospitalized too which is what they many of them were thinking and that's why they're going to arrest him or whatever but we as an audience went on that whole journey so we know like oh no hank's like he's just in pain yeah. So I feel like whichever way you decide to take it, it can breed healthy or, or I think meaningful like takeaways right. for the plot of the movie and it's in and of itself, but also as the ideas of the themes of like taboos and allowing to have for me personally make to prioritize having people that can be like your mannies yeah. in a way. And like you're one of those people and like I have other people that like you can just feel free to say anything to, even mm. if it's sounds weird or makes you look weird or makes you look bad or seem bad or smell bad or like, <laughs> like, you know, like, but pushing through that pain, allowing even for me, like allowing Jesus and God to meet me there in that pit, in that flagellant pit or whatever. <laughs> it farts too. It allows me to, whatever is after that is a more healed or a better holistic like life to live. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, the cool thing about the ending. And I like endings like this where it can be interpreted different ways, but like no matter which way you interpret it, it kind of adds up to what the story is telling you anyway. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's how I usually will determine what ending because I think when you, there's interpretation, like it gives you the ability to determine the ending for yourself. Yeah. And so. And multiple, like throughout the future, multiple yeah. meaningful meanings. Right. Like that could maybe be different as you are in different stages of your life. Yeah. Like, like the Bible, I think. It's right. One of the cool things about that. That's a good point because this most recent time, like the first couple of times that I saw it, I I went with Manny was real. Mm. Because I think if you go with that, then I guess the benefit of that is being like Hank was right. Mm. And therefore Hank was right about like the taboos Mm. and like Mm. all of that kind of like the journey that he goes on was like valid Mm. for that. Mm -hmm. I think if you go with Manny was not real, then it still goes with what the the movie is telling you because Mm then everything that happened in the movie was more like Hank coming to grips with who he is as a person and learning to love and accept himself. Yeah. And then the ending like is basically like Manny going off into the distance is more of a metaphor for that. And despite all these people having these different reactions to Hank, at least he has gone on that, that coming of age, like, yeah grips with who he is as a person and yeah and he's okay with that because i think he starts out in a place where he's like i mean he starts out like about to kill himself well yeah so he's like clearly not okay with his life and who he is 
So for him to go from that to farting in front of people at the end, it's a pretty good journey. Yeah. And, you know, I I guess I'll use that as a segue for myself. Like I mentioned in our first episode or episode zero or whatever that I, you know, I had attempted suicide. Uh-huh. And that scene and that part at the beginning for me in particular is very like impactful for me because like the way that it was attempt, I tried to like strangle myself. And so like, it was right there with that. I, you know, I was there in that moment when you watched that. And so for me, I felt a strong connection to the characters and I've struggled in my life feeling like an outcast and, it's something that in my depression and things like that are still stuff that I struggle with now. And that's always going to be there. And like, you learn how to work well with that and find coping mechanisms and things. But like, there are unique moments I think in your life and in our own lives that hopefully can be like our escape from the pit moments, Yeah, you know, at the brink of death and like who are your manny's, like do you know who your manny's are in your life right now like do you have any manny's right do you want to have manny's are you willing because like a lot of people might say oh i want more manny like friends or whatever that can help me go on these spiritual journeys or something to like better myself but most of the time like you say that but when it starts to happen or you have people that want to do that or are like that and i'm to blame at this too but you actually don't because that's really painful mm-hmm. and like that's why i think a lot of people push off going to therapy or or a psychiatrist or things like that that are helpful because they're afraid of how painful is that journey going to be yeah to get to that other side but i think it's worthwhile so from the beginning at least looking at hank from going to hanging himself to releasing not just the noose but the farts metaphorically yeah. and actually was a really beautiful journey that I I could relate to. Yeah. And I think, you know, I guess not everyone might have the same kind of experiences that you've had. Yeah. But everyone probably has some kind of context where they've been on the outside and there's been like taboos they have to work through. Right. In order to... Or they've felt, you know, like this is just the end or like, this is the worst part of my life, like rock bottom or whatever. And I think that ultimately like that's one of the main reasons why watching a movie like this is worthwhile. Yeah. And that's why you shouldn't be turned off by boner compasses. Cause if you stick with guide you home, if you stick with a, yeah, it'll guide you home. (laughs) But, uh, I think uh, we're all all good with episode one. Thanks for listening. If you made it all the way to the end, uh, I think you know this for this movie. It was more of a platform for us to talk about things like taboos and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, some movies will be more like detailed with like the plot and yeah. stuff and get into that. Yeah, but I think that's just what this story led to us talking about. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's how it's going to be going forward. If you guys like it, then subscribe. Ooh, Follow us everywhere. <laughs> boner that. Boner compass that bell. Follow the boner. <laughs> Fart on that bell and subscribe. And until then. But want to give him a little tease. Oh, what we're going to talk next, about next. Next episode. Next. Next time. The next few episodes. We're oh, going yes. to be talking about the leftovers. <laughs> just the meatloaf right <laughs> but uh we'll get more into that next time i'm excited for that i mean i've been excited for all of this but the leftovers is going to be like our first big yeah episode zero was episode zero and then this one was kind of like its own standalone kind of launching of what this looks like and what we hope to have as a kind of foundation for where we're coming right. from but leftovers is going to be like our first big hoorah it's time to get into it guys so we'll see you guys for the next episode mm. Mythologos Logging, Logging off. Off.